So this episode of the Shebang in it is interesting because we've got somebody from Shebang. Uh, now, if you've been following Shebang over the last couple of months, you know that within the midst of a difficult economic climate and within the midst of lockdown, we've gone and signed, you know, between April and October, we went and signed about 15 businesses, 15 new large businesses. Uh, we grew over 150 people in size and winning that business consistently takes a lot of effort. So really what goes on behind the mind of somebody who's at the forefront of winning those businesses is what we have on the podcast this time. So Indranil Gaude is our guest, uh, fellow Shabanga guest on the podcast. He's taken over a new business uh, at Shabang about a year and a half back. Uh, he came from a strong, rich legacy, but he's really come into, the, come into his own on this role and uh, helped us grow to, to, to where we are. We are about at 500 team size right now and growing, I think, Indranil and I have discussed that, you know, by, by Diwali, at the end of this year, we need to be a thousand people team size. So, you know, hopefully you enjoy the conversation in terms of what he brings to the table, in terms of what it's taken to win those businesses and what it's going to take to win all those many more as we continue this growth journey. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Shebang event. Indranil Gaude, the most awaited episode of this podcast. Head of new business at Shebang. Pan India. Pan India. So we're going to talk a bit about uh, new business. Actually, that's all we're going to talk about mainly. Uh, because if I, if I try to move it elsewhere, you know, we might get into trouble. So yeah, I've been told, I've been given warnings from multiple people. So we'll talk about new business and, uh, you know, 15 new businesses till October after the lockdown was declared. One under your reign. So what is it that you did? So I've been thinking about this. I've been trying to put my finger on it because I know that if someone asks me, it should sound like, you know, there's eloquence and intelligence in it. But I think it was more of just a factor of that mentality that we created in lockdown that no matter what happens, mm -hmm. we're just going to go out and gun and win more. I think it also came a lot from the management from the point of view that we're not cutting anyone. So we had to make it that doubly effort to grow. Mm. Also, I think we've come into our own. It's a little bit like shebang has become a little bit like fine wine. Like I think the first four years of effort that was put into it has started like reaping its benefits across the board. I think I've mentioned this to you many times in the past also. Um, so you want to say uh, thanks to your predecessor? I do want to say thanks <laughs> to my predecessor, although I will give you 20% of the credit, but still credit is credit where credit is due. So definitely a lot of, I think pre-work went into it and a lot of the work that the operations teams were doing made our job that much easier. Hmm. We presented the rich body of work that we had and I think it was very, very appreciated. Also, I can't like I'd be amiss if I didn't say this, the BD team, the people who are working in the BD team, I think a blend of the fact that they worked in the operation system well, so they understand from a practical perspective when we're suggesting. Because a lot of times when I go into pitches, stuff that we've heard from clients is that a refreshing change from Shebang is we don't pitch ideas that are just there for the sake of pitching. We try mm -hmm. to pitch ideas with some semblance of executional thought put into it. Yeah. And another thing that we did find, I think. So you think your the teams that you have, which have they because you hire specifically from an execution background, and then you groom them from business development for business development. Yeah. So you think that that brings a lot. I think that brings a lot of advantage. I mean, I've had the ones without an execution background and the ones with an execution background, and the ones with an execution background are far superior. Hmm. I think a lot of other things that goes hand in hand because BD is a kind of department, you know where. We're dependent on so many other departments. Hmm. So not knowing that lay of the land within an organization or not knowing how a particular 
department functions is a big disservice to BD, which is Got where it. the execution battle I think played a huge role. So new business has to kind of the new business department in any company has to kind of be like a blue-eyed boy of all the departments. It has to. And it also has to be a little bit of, like you said, for new business, you have to understand the core or the old business well hmm. enough to be able to successfully leverage that to get the new yeah. business. So I think And also understand the customer well, right? The that is customer. that goes without saying, but that's I think an external factor. I'm talking about just the internal things that you need to get to that point hmm. of being able to go to an external customer and like wow him or yeah. wow her. Yeah. I think comes with that little bit of that sound knowledge that I know what the actual legwork will go into to execute something like this. Right, so right. you're talking with absolute knowledge. So I think that's what really helped us a lot. And also, like I said, the the build up, which I'm giving my predecessor a little bit of credit for, has really catapulted the kind of brands that are looking at an organization like Shebang right now. Hmm. I mean, definitely it's rooted in the fact that all of the operations team and the culture here is very, very hardworking. And sometimes I would say, obsessively hardworking, hmm. which I don't take to be a bad thing in any way whatsoever, I think has led us to this point. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so when you're talking about now, of course, like from the standpoint of saying that, okay, it's all well to say that, you know, being able to work within, but in a period like business is down, right? people are cutting down their costs, you're still going and winning all these businesses. Um, so there must be some keen sense of understanding what's going on in the customer's business also. Yeah. So how is it that, you know, your team and you, how do you guys sense what's going on in the customer's business? So I'll tell you what, I think what we've developed over the years, which has been a very, very helpful thing is, one is obviously the, the SOPs that have been set in place. From a briefing standpoint, a lot of times the customer wants to do a lot of things, but they can't fine tune their approach. I think a lot of times when they come to the agency because they are anyway overwhelmed with doing their operational stuff. They mm. want to just outsource this marketing functionality mm. and they expect you to just get it. Mm. And I feel, and I've worked at a couple of organizations in the past and what I've seen the difference being is that there it was all about ha se ha milana with the client. You mm. don't want to ask the hard questions or make those tough conversations happen in the initial phase. Yeah. Worried that maybe they'll... So what are some of these tough questions like? Like you have to sometimes be very regimental in asking them about what are their financial commitments they're looking at. Because if they have hypothetically a 20 lakh marketing budget and you go back to them with a 60 lakh marketing plan, apples and oranges, they Mm. realize that they're not going to be able to fine tune it down and if they do, they're going to water down the concept. So being able to tell them from a point, not coming off that, like that's something that we pay a lot of attention to, not to make it seem like I want to know how much money you have before I assess whether it's worth my time. That's mm. not the approach at all. It's more from the perspective is you tell me how much you have so I can come back to you with something that meets that expectation. Mm. So I think managing their expectations one very, very hard question that you have and to ask. And like them. yeah, for example, what if what if the client says no, you come back to me with what you think is best and then how do you try to navigate that to get the real? Because there's always Fair. a real. Yeah, for and sure. then there's always the hey I'm second guessing you. So you know Correct. how do you get to the real even if the client's trying to second guess you? So there are two ways. I'm very chaplu about it in the sense that I'm very straight up saying that look I don't want it to come to a point where I come to you where your expectations and what I'm presenting are not but that's up. that's the truth right it's that is the truth to, yeah. but you have to also say it in a way that you know I'm going to I'm here to work for you I yeah. want to make this relationship happen yeah. and what I need to make this relationship happen which is key for me is to understand what your framework is hmm. so when you position it to them that you're not really I think a, a shift in the language instead of saying that I'm coming on board as your agency or as your vendor to make them feel that you're coming on board as their partner which is what we aim to do any which hmm. way but hmm. in that initial stays anything you say is can be chalked up to sales another thing I try to do the other way around is 
I do we do a little assessment of the clients, see how much their turnover is, see what they've been doing in the past across marketing activities, and by experience, you have an estimation of how, how much, much they'll be spending approximately, and you put that notional figure out there. See that, okay, can I come back to the twenty lakh budget? Because you maybe reverse calculate and come back with that number. Yeah, so and when you put that, they have to answer. Got they it. They generally do. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now let's switch gears. You know, okay, fine. You know, you spoke a lot about the past body of work of Shabang, and that helps you get a lot of attract a lot of new customers. If you were running a new agency. you know like uh, if you were starting from, from ground up then how would you do it so i think what i would do specifically i think and i don't know if i wasn't part of the original part of that shebang journey but i don't know if that was the same approach that you all took is institutional based right like where instead of winning one individual client and going after say a standalone brand hmm. you try to go out for a conglomerate or a a business house that has multiple various businesses inside it prove your worth on one you give them a good job and you always make i would say a little bit of a compromise on the commercials in that first one hmm. to give them what they want at a reasonable price to show them that the next time when you come around i've yeah. asserted my quality yeah. so i think that is an approach that a lot of people don't do it's very ada teda yeah. another thing i think that's very key but that's a very good point actually that's what we followed in the start really because you know one of our first groups that we penetrated was a godrej group right so you know you had like four five six businesses suddenly from that one group if you do well in one and it sends a great message to the market also yeah a conservative group right so rcs I mean, conser- conservative very- group who are putting their trust in somebody new uh then that sends a signal for to the sure. market market saying for that sure. look you know like there is an guys- institution in business in india so for yeah. sure that's a that's a good way that would be one i would say definitely that we approach it from a group perspective and i think second is it's important a lot of people try to take it as a insult to some extent if you tell them that you know what's your specialty or what's your niche there's nothing wrong with having a specialty or a niche if you're you have a particular talent pool that's good at sports brands or good at fashion brands penetrate that market as hard as you possibly can because what i think has stood out for us and what will stand out for an agency starting out from scratch is a great amount of case studies hmm. and that can only be done when you do something you know and you do it well yeah. there's no point making a case study with like average results right yeah. you want to show the best possible and without exaggerating obviously yeah, yeah. so i think that is one message yeah the other thing would... like i would say from my early days maybe not in the shebang days but you know much earlier like what i would always take is that i would take when i was a lot younger i would take a guy who's young inside the yeah. ecosystem with a point to prove so i'd make that guy my kind of like you know ally in that sense and, and you're making him remove all the information that you can understand hey, tell me how we can impress your boss together because if we are impressing your boss together your boss is going to trust and give the job to both of us if the mandate is not super like complex or like uh, like critical hmm. you know so if it's not the biggest bread owner of the company uh and it's not going to be right. like you know hey if i give it to this guy and if some small mistake happens then i'm screwed but like if i give a mandate which is reasonably important high growth but not if it fails then it's finished and all be all types uh so then i think that would also work like for a new uh, setup i feel for sure but uh, yeah so coming back to this whole uh, bit you know like when you speak about when you speak about building a business and also building a relationship i've seen that you're very good at building a relationship with the other side um you know so if in a negotiation typically it's less about you yeah. versus me and more about how can we solve this common together common goal yeah for sure so how do you kind of uh, you know build that common ground so i mean this is something that i've i've picked up a long time ago i think i i don't know where also i got it from but business is essentially done with people like at the end of the day we're doing a service we're providing them with a specialized video we're making them a website whatever the actual specific might be or the particulars might be hmm. it's that 
personal relationship where you have to in that first few interactions make the person believe that dude i can trust this person he is someone who will not promise me something and then go back on his word hmm. so i think that establishing of that and that's a lot about how you present yourself in that first conversation where you sometimes give out a little bit more information about yourself because you want that person to feel comfortable with you got it also judging the person i think is very very critical um something that you pick up over the years where you understand some from someone's body language from their tonality from the kind of words that they're speaking to you with hmm. what their viewpoint on you is right. once you understand whether they're pro you against you hmm. then you form your strategy on how you can do it hmm. also something that i think i learned from you a long time ago was build a personal relationship if you have a personal relationship from before and you have like someone you know within that ecosystem it always helps because having someone bat for you before you go and present obviously they're not giving you any unfair advantage but batting for you a little bit before goes a long way in opening those doors so mm. crack that relationship i do a lot of making those relationships on linkedin following people's career trajectory when they're growing making sure those little nuances congratulations yeah. on the job happy birthday it goes a long way in when you ask cuz what i see a lot of youngsters also doing today not just from a job uh, from a winning business perspective but even from a searching for a job perspective i'm sure you get this way more than i do they'll add you on linkedin they'll say hi how are you and straight up come to the point i'm looking for a job you're not incentivized to help them because you don't know them you've just built that interaction so build that little personal relationship before you come down to kaam ki baat i think something that the swiss do really well in business so they have a thing right when you enter a swiss business 10 minutes you have to do small talk really? you can't straight get into business you oh, have to do little, a swiss thing yeah it's a little chit chat little pleasantry mm-hmm. find out about their family find out about their job find out about their passion so you can work all of that into your conversation the next time got it i think relatability so do you key. do you follow this swiss approach as much as possible i used to do it when we had two three leads coming in on a daily basis but now i think that's something that i'm trying across the bd team all of us have built that thing where we try to own one relationship with one person hmm. and yeah do that little chit chat do that little small talk yeah. so it automatically seems a little nicer yeah and you know you've made the switch yourself from being operations like you used to be a group account manager yeah. group solution manager um and then you switch to bd and you know what are some of the things that like if there's a guy like you um uh, would you say you were better at one job versus the other and you know like what's yeah i would i would definitely say i feel that i'm better at the current job than the past one and as as head of new business yeah or even in a business development capacity forget as just head of new business even in just as a purifier to look at it without hmm. designations involved if i just choose department by department hmm. i'd say i'm more inclined towards business but also i think goes a little bit to me as a person i like that yeah so i'm just trying to understand like you know for the people who who are those which will be more inclined yeah. towards that so what are the signals for you which tell you that hey i'm better for this job like this in me so if a guy is listening and he's got these 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 skills is probably better fit for this job yeah. but cut your teeth at the operation side is what you mentioned Definitely. at the start anyway you have to if you don't cut i think one made me better at the other hmm. for sure i don't think for me operation is something i personally am not i don't see myself doing for a long time because it's a lot of regular execution right like it's you're working on one set of brands and you're building that so if you're a person who likes to build something on a long term basis from that perspective operations yeah. are better fit but i like that challenge or that that thrill you know you get when you're in a new like a new environment being able to talk to a new person and getting them to see your point of view while mm-hmm. understanding theirs controlling the conversation it gives me a mad thrill and also the thrill of winning business like mm. i like that a lot of people i think even in shebang are when you take that target conversation in front of them or this is the number this is how much you have to achieve it makes them change their it switches them off in a way right then it all becomes about the money that i have to do so much business to get so much money 
I like that target. I think of it's a new, unique way. There are different, different frontiers which we can conquer. Hmm. And it's all about like building the business sustainably, right? Like it's growing that business, and it, it takes a little bit of thought. You can't like I think that's something that Anna told me before she left is that you have to be picky in the kind of business that you bring in because mm. you might interact with them for one or two months, but the company has to interact with them for three to four years. Yeah. So that ability to map where that business is going and like look at it from a very macro level is something that gives me a great thrill. Yeah. So I think that's why I feel I'm better adapted to that, mm. and also I love to talk. I love the sound of my own voice. So. BD so, gives me that so chance. Anna, for the viewers, is uh, is is the predecessor that we've been speaking about. She was head of new business, and now she's heading digital at uh, Estee Lauder. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you know this this point which you make about you have to deal with for some time, but the whole company has to deal with for, for a long time. Long time. So, you know, I think that's a very critical point because actually, it's you know uh, the the retention rate of a company is. What really makes or breaks a company? It's not really the inward the flow pitch rate. Yeah, you know, correct. I mean, of Absolutely. course, the pitch rate makes it. No, but you're right. But you have to you have to sustain. Otherwise, then if if it's not sustained, pitch is going to keep digging, digging, correct. digging, digging. You know, so that's not that's not how we want to do it. Um, but like, yeah. So when you're doing that, when the you're passing when you're passing on the information, you know. So you you spoke about a little bit about the winning. The winning is a little bit about the uh, you know seeing. Seeing things that are more possible to do—that's one point that you made. You said it's also about building the relationship, which is the second. Um, you know, of course, your portfolio speaks for itself, which is the third. Correct. Uh, references, you know, all of that helps. And then you go in and you make a strong pitch, and we'll come to what makes yeah. a strong pitch. Um, but you know, after you made this strong pitch, actually, maybe we should just talk about what makes a strong pitch sure. in the first place. You know, for like sure. yeah, it makes sense, and we can. Yeah, because so, like, what is it that you makes a strong pitch uh, for a company and this is not just in advertising right? it could be in any industry correct because ultimately it's a shake of hands or shake of trust correct saying that okay these guys get me so i'm awarding this contract to them so what is it that to you makes a strong pitch so I, i'll keep this not like i'll try to make this not very like stereotypical answers i won't like break down the flow of a presentation but i would say i look at it from you look at it from three to four perspectives first you understand what they have come to you with hmm two what their perception of their brand is what the actuality of their brand so what is. do you mean by what they have come to you with their what what Objectives. problem they come yeah, to yeah their market statement okay i'm looking for someone to help me bolster my presence engagement community sales whatever it is it's every everyone has something um so those objectives have to be very clearly defined and i think they have to be you can't have um 5 6 7 8 objectives because if hmm. you're trying to achieve 5 6 7 8 objectives must you're a jack of all master of none right you you distill that down to maybe two or three very clear actionable points what's very key is to see the perception that they have of their brand because a lot of times there are a lot of times that they're they're on the same page as well but there is a lot of times the perception of a brand versus the reality of a brand are very different things hmm. which is where i think that attrition happens of a client where they are too stuck on their perception or you have not bought into their perception you have a different reality so you have to make those two somewhat mirror each other you have to bring them either on the same page or get you what you think their problems are yeah. dispel those notions so that is once you have that clearly identified i think building consumer also consumer comes out say secondary after we first establish that industry a little bit we understand yeah. how it operates what works what doesn't work in that industry that's a lot of research that i think has again said if you were to ask me what set the bd team at shubang apart is a lot of research goes into it a lot of understanding on a consumer level on a business level on an operator level goes into it so you understand that environment in which they operate 
obviously go into their consumer in as much detail as you possibly can and something that we've started doing now which has been very helpful is a tissue session so mm-hmm. in addition to the brief forms that we give out and all of the conversation that we have after we've absorbed the brief done a couple of brainstorms we go back to them with a whole bunch of questions that we feel are more relevant potentially talk to their consumer if possible or talk to someone i don't really talk to the uh, businesses consumer cuz they'll obviously make me talk to someone who will say what they want them to say i identify who their consumer is and find someone from my own social network or find someone from the shebang ecosystem who maps that and talk to them about it and get a very real perspective of what the consumer feels and what the consumer doesn't feel basis all of this information i think if you draw your aha moment or your reason to believe hmm. those insights are i think the framework and then the creative and team. then that's what you do in the tissue session yes. with the class formalize those insights understand that okay is this a business problem is this a good enough assumption to make which will solve the problem yeah and then formalize that as my insight and build my communication strategy build my ideas build my campaign off that got it and uh, you know it's interesting that you spoke about creative teams also and you know getting the most out of creative teams is very very key is key yeah for uh, sure you know so would you say you are a creative person I'd like to believe that I am because I feel like I can contribute but I would not say that I'm as creative as the experts who are actually working with us on this. So you have an appreciation yes, for creativity but you may not be the most creative most guy, creative guy yeah. in the room but you you can get the creative energies yeah. flowing. Yeah. So what is it in in a room that you do to get the creative energy? So I feel like a lot of it is na that you have to have a little bit of that musty in the starting. Hmm. Cuz these creative guys they are so creative but they get really bogged down by the operational and for them it's literally like a calendar invite that I have one hour to think about this and I have to move on to the next thing. So to make it not seem so routine or so mundane I feel like I try to build a little bit of a personal rapport with all of them and I have with all of the ones that I work with regularly. Have a little bit of like conversation, have a little bit of time pass, crack a few jokes and I don't believe that like these guys know what they're doing so our job is just to keep them on the right track but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean we just keep them on the right track like a trainer like a hunter behind them no no stick to the idea there are different ways i think my opinion is the best way to do it or to way to bring out something in a person is to have a little fun with them first because mm-hmm. when they laugh when they're in a better mood automatically the kind of ideas that are coming out are coming from a more positive space so if you build that narrative and you build that like this is not just like come here give me the idea and get lost hmm. it's that here we're here to understand and also we're here to like develop our relationship further because we work together so closely building that personal fun element brings out the best ideas in my opinion got it got it and uh, from the standpoint of you know like now you won this pitch you understood the stuff that the client requires you understood the objectives you understood the consumer you've delivered a good creative pitch um you know is there any uh, actually before we go to the next thing is there any like creative pitch that you remember which you really felt in the gut saying that hdfc life insurance like i felt it in in my gut that we are winning this for sure hmm. even garnier like when we were pitching it like these were pitches i think at the point of time when we were also for, at least me personally was the first time that i was pitching to such large brands where like the kind of inflow that's going to come from this kind of business is going to set up maybe like a team with its targets for the full year so first time that i was working on these pitches i think just the energy the excitement and that hunger that was there in the team to like prove that yeah we are ready to compete at the biggest scale hmm. we are ready to go into any of the biggest business houses and confident that we will win them hmm. i think that was a big turning point for the business development team because up until that point It, we were going into pitches confident but not sure of the outcome mm-hmm. that switched the this thing to allow us to understand that okay basis what pitch we have we've been able to evaluate whether we're going to win it or not win it 
and also win it a little bit before the pitch itself like mm-hmm. have that little conversation with that confidence with the client that i'm coming to you with everything you need now let's talk about some other things that confidence when you exude i think the client also responds to that well because they think okay this person mm. is assuming that i'm going to, he's going to win this pitch means he has the idea that he's coming with got that's it. why he's talking about maybe financials or talking about legal formalities with me so preemptively got it got it yeah but like i mean what's the what's the uh, fine line you know because sometimes it might come off as cocky yeah, yeah definitely yeah. for sure it might seem too presumptuous the line is again that personal relationship right you have to understand very early on when you're talking to the client in those initial interactions that you got what they want yes and that they you say those right few things you finish their sentences they automatically feel like okay this guy is attuned with me mm-hmm. but when that kind of interaction is not happening in the first conversation and they are maybe really busy really senior or really just like there are too many cl- uh, agencies pitching that they don't want to get personally invested you have to make sure that you draw back you don't you don't right. push yeah yeah and then once you win the pitch you know there's the there's that part of the two months that i'm talking and there's four years five years 10 years that the rest of the team's yeah. got to talk so you know how do you how do you ensure that everything that you've learned on the pitch is translated in is there some kind of like a format that you guys have so documents two things so earlier i think that was one gap that we were facing where i don't think that we were transferring as much information possible to the creative or to the operations teams after an account was signed so to bridge that gap we did two things first is as a rule of thumb now the creative team that works on a pitch is the creative team that gets allotted on the brand for sure hmm. because that brings some sort of consistency because business development all clients also know that yeah you'll hear you'll will say everything that we want to hear you'll say but then you'll disappear from the equation and someone else comes in your place so that is one definite thing that so we, you bring the teams on the pitch itself yes and bring the teams in the brainstorm second thing that you also need to do very clearly is i think is have a very real honest conversation with the creative and the operations teams about the client that they're dealing with you have to tell them the things that you have picked up along the way about what they respond to what they don't respond to so once they work like that it, it just fits very seamlessly in right. the entire equation so i think that is a very very key factor. and is there like some stuff that you keep in mind and what what these real things are yeah like in terms of how they respond what they what is their kind of things to timelines what how do they respond to big ideas versus how they respond to small ideas what kind of a person they are where they stand in the hierarchy how much bureaucracy is there like understanding an organization structure before transferring it into the operations thing is vital hmm. because a lot of times what happens is people who were interacting with the pitches are the super bosses right but the people who were interacting with in the day to day operations will be maybe 3 4 5 rungs down who have to go all the way up to get that approval hmm. so to help the operations team maybe a senior member of the operations team be it a gsm or be it the vp to build that transfer that relationship that goodwill that the bd team has tried to build with the super boss over to the senior most member in the operations team so thereby that top level relationship stays and then that translates down for sure got it another thing i think that we also created is multiple forms the brief form that we cre- we share with the client is shared with the operations team so they know what was their perception we also share the notes of the minutes from the tissue session that we do with the operations team and the pitch and we like to essentially take them through the pitch not from the perspective that you know they don't get the ideas that we have hmm. but just to talk them through some of the nuances nuances or maybe even commitments that we've made to the client when we're pitching because i said that i come back to the first point that we're trying to pitch with an executional perspective in mind so if we pitch an idea telling them that we've thought of this from an executional perspective and then an operations team comes in and says no we have to clamp it down or we have to scale it up 
it there's a disconnect there and then that automatically that trust factor maybe gets hmm. slightly frayed so in your viewpoint if the business development team is given that commitment that commitment should be stuck yes. to because that's yes. then we are one it's not our like our board is our board right like that's yeah. what we say so yeah. i mean it shouldn't just be a talk the talk or something that we put in our proposals correct so we have to even sometimes if it comes at a cost and we've had some of these difficult conversations with operations teams where maybe the business team has been a little bit overzealous in signing the business because it's been a marquee client or we've really wanted it and the operations team has been like no this is really maybe eating into my profit margin or eating into my time consumption hmm. but those difficult conversations have to be had sometimes and said that yeah take the bullet yeah take that hit but provide the service at any cost because once that happens is when they really open hmm. up their purse strings or open up their real briefs to you and give you that thing because they see that you're a person who delivers on what they promise yeah now you are running an eight member new business team at shebang um so there's about eight people for about 500 workforce that is driving the new business so i guess this eight remains till we are about 700 or yeah people um but you know when it comes to you grooming your people and grooming your teams what is it that you look for when you're building people in your team so there are, i i say this a lot if this is when i'm building people in my team or i'm looking to hire people in my team also there are i think three factors that i look at most importantly specifically for business development one is your communication skill has to be impeccable hmm. and i don't mean that you speak well it has to be where you have that ability to be a great orator when required because i think that's what we do right the gift of the gab is very important second because of the kind of nature of business that we do ethics and the kind of person that that like honesty is paramount because we're dealing with numbers we have access to the num- like the balance sheet we know how much business is coming and how much business is going out we know how much hypothetical salary structure is of every individual so ethics is very very key in a person because i don't believe there are a lot of people who come into our industry most of them are very young i don't think they come in with the wrong intention or they come in with a malicious intent in life from that perspective they generally end up when they make a mistake they feel that they have to cover it up hmm. and we had a couple of instances of that so being able to tell that person that i will take your biggest biggest like horrible truths but i won't take your nicest lies is something that i like to establish very upfront and the last thing i think that's very important is we've characterized this and this might sound slightly snobbish but as like a south bombay business brain or a bombay business brain like that you know that mentality of dhanda yeah, has maybe to not be south yeah i mean i say that from a perspective and i don't mean to be like in any way snobbish i have some i think some of the greatest minds come from north bombay also or outside but, bombay sure <laughs> but yeah you have teams in delhi and bangalore also. i do but they they're bombay at heart but no no i'm just all jokes apart i think the most important thing is that business mentality that that mindset and that like that 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 thrill that comes you know when you sign a piece of business hmm. if these three things are there everything else can be taught got it and like when it comes to uh, you know there's a lot of your work drills down to targets and like really regimentally following targets and setting targets and then you know all of that stuff so uh, when you're working with targets how often do you look at them you know is it like you look at them every day or is it like hey you know i've i've actually just looked at them now i got my framework now i'll look at them after a month and a half uh once i've put my wheels in motion but then every day my wheels are in motion correct uh, so what's the process like so i don't look at the, i have a i create the framework in my head because i believe continuously look at the target becomes very caustic if you keep yeah. every day checking on it yeah. so i don't do that at all the wheels are in motion i have a stand that no business is too big or too small so i hmm. it's good to sign the big business when it comes obviously but 
the regular small business signing i think alleviates the tension and the pressure on the teams if you can just consistently set a target like in the bd team we have this little conversation internally that every week at least two things have to close Hmm. Regardless, two can, things have to close. Two things have to close. They can nice. be a five thousand rupee thing. They can be a fifty lakh rupee thing. But two things have to close because so once that good news, yeah, good news that uplifts everyone. Hmm. That's the most important thing. And on our BD groups also, it's very important when something is signed, everyone is told about it. But yeah. it is that immediate little bit like boils dopamine rush? You. Yeah, that dopamine rush, that hit that it yeah. gives you of yeah, it's working. Hmm. So I think that is key. I don't think looking at the numbers helps you. So I look at the numbers for me when I look at the numbers. I look at numbers in two ways one is the numbers that are supposed to be like you know you you need it to be regimental to run the ship like compliance numbers collection numbers yeah. you know stuff that needs to be coming Cash in flows, yeah. on an everyday basis uh you know and stuff that's within your control because you build it you send out the invoice now if you've not got the money it's Correct. it's your bad Correct. you know and then there's the other side of growth growth is often not in your control you can strategize for growth but you can't control growth absolutely so what i try to do is particularly on the growth side is that look at it from a 45 day to 60 day window and then keep visiting it uh but like i've set the seeds and then i'm like okay you know i know where this is going and inevitably if you follow this small wins rule yeah. then you know the growth gets hit it does and what i also do is every time something is registered so i've created that framework and in that framework i've kept space to fill in the numbers hmm. so that gives me a little bit of tasalli every day when i fill in a new like number under one of the business verticals yeah. that okay stuff is moving yeah. as long as stuff keeps happening hmm. i think you're in the right track i when it comes down to me staring at the numbers on a daily basis is now in q4 hmm. is when now i'm you're at home stretch and you understand that, okay this much is left Got that it. means it's a factor of so many pitches that need to be done so much business needs to be tried for mm. so much to be closed because we have a little bit of an understanding of our conversion rate for every 10 pitches we pitch mm. say 6 or 7 will convert that's in the last year we've had touch wood a great conversion record mm. but i think it's very important to just be at it regularly don't get bogged down by it on the day to day because every day that number is not going to change got it you're going to keep coming back and feeling bad okay and now you know i've not asked you this before I'm just going to ask you now. Saving it for the Shabang podcast, which is, uh, you know, like if we are going in, we're going to try to build a global business. So, I mean, we are building a global business. We will build a global business. There's no trying on it. Uh, we will win. But you know, for winning in that, and you know, we've been winning national businesses, and that's been good. That's correct. But winning there in the global markets, uh, what do you think we're going to need? So. I think two things. One, which you've already tried to put down, is that we're trying to showcase ourselves. Is we're taking a slice of India and giving it to the rest of the world that cultural beauty and all. But I think what we'll definitely need is a couple of people who understand the market well. Like I mm. think that's why our current business development team has been so successful. Is because each person understands the Indian or one part of the large Indian market very well. Mm. So what's going to be key is get someone who's street smart, who gets. how business actually operates there's a real there's a reality and then there's an idealistic picture so we need someone who's more close to the real aspect hmm. and we need someone who's young and who's hungry because when yeah. you're young and hungry you want to prove and yourself. we need strong operations also because like you said at the start sure. we'll need you know we'll need to be able to show success in the markets Correct. that we go into for sure and then win win those that's cool and uh, you know finally like when you are you know there's all of this this business and you know you are you're winning business you are growing teams uh which part of this whole you know this whole thing that you do which which part of it is it that 
you enjoy the most or like you you know get thrilled Me, by the most i get thrilled by the business closing when i look at an account and i see how much value like i'm a very capitalistic guy from that perspective so i think mm. whenever i see a large chunk of business or a like really influential piece of business being one hmm. where there's good press coming from it where there's a strong revenue stream coming from it i think that's what excites me that the challenge excites me right like the target numbers that come in they they increase year on year i don't look at it as like oh no how am i going to do this i think of it as sick an ability to prove that we can do more like hmm. it's it's a little i it might sound egoistic it might come off as maybe slightly pompous but that that thrill of being able to get your way when there are many other people vying for the same thing who are giving hmm. the same service as you and to stand out in that yeah, but that's what you need right yeah but that's, that's what i that's think that's what you need it's like most. it's going into uh, is going into war it's like being the prom queen i would that's a negative an- analogy i would say it's a positive version of it is that you know you're that one person who's the object of everyone's desire hmm. i think creating that persona hmm. is something that drives me at least the most okay and what is it that you get fueled by like what what is it that you used to fuel yourself because obviously you are you know you are you're good at what you do you've done this now you've gone and you delivered that growth you have this on record for my appraisal yeah so <laughs> you're good you're good at what you do your your appraisal is regular you know reflecting <laughs> that so uh, so it's uh, it's you know you must be doing some stuff outside of the workplace which fuels you to get better at what you do so what is some of that that so i would say there are two things or three things that i actually do from that so two will be a little bit more learning oriented and one is might sound a little bit out there but i think i'm a very avid sports watcher and player so that hmm. competitiveness that comes through sports i think that that competitive energy which i can bring i i've been able to like somewhat box that up and like use that whenever i need to so that competitive spirit is one thing that keeps me burning for sure The second thing that I do that I think keeps me sharp is I watch a lot of content from business leaders and what I believe is history is cyclical right everything that someone has done maybe 5 10 15 years ago will be of value 15 years in the future so just hearing different people's perspective what they've mm-hmm. done what they haven't done and picking up like I steal good What is something good you stole recently so something that I've stolen recently that I would say from someone I've stolen it from actually someone from my team. There's someone from my team who I've noticed over the years that even if good enough is not good enough, it has to be to that level of perfection that I've seen in someone lately. That even if it's Sunday, Saturday, Monday, if it's not up to the mark, it's not up to the mark. And the ability to have that honesty and say that because a lot mm. of times it's difficult to even in my position, mm. the creative team, the BD team has worked on something for two weeks, three weeks. We're about to pitch it, say after long hours, weekends. and that output is not there yet it's not like it's bad or it's mm. wrong but that ability to say no it's not perfect mm. i saw that in someone in my team which i thought was brilliant and it was mm. consistent so i said i have to pick this up for mm. sure so that is something that i think would be a cool one you know and also you are like now i'm going down a slightly different tangent but there's lots of people uh, i think you are a great example of somebody who's part of a larger system and you are killing it inside the larger system you know this is always like this thing of like you know do i go solo do i do this on my own versus do i join a larger ship or do i you know join a building I've ship this question very recently i have a great answer for it yeah like do i join a ship that's building up do i join a large ship you know i could go solo so like uh, you know what is it how is it that somebody like you looks at that so i think to define something like that you have to be very critical about yourself so something that i have identified about myself is that 
first the scale at which we are operating right now at for me to get to on my own hypothetically would take a very long time and not necessarily would go that way i've gotten a custom or i i enjoy now playing in the big league i can't go back to being in a smaller scale for sure so that's one thought second part is about myself mostly there are some aspects of this business which i think i'd excel at but there are some aspects of this business which i just do not think i'll be able to do like if it looks at the hiring functionality hmm. the finance functionality the operations like dealing with that stress is just something that i won't thrive under got it and i've accepted that about myself there are people who are who want to be entrepreneurs and who want to build and there are people who want to be in a space that they know that they're good at and like thrive hmm. i think i'm the latter Got I don't it. know if I have that. Yeah, I think that's a great up. point about you know this this idea about acknowledging some parts, but actually more importantly about thriving in the parts that you are meant for. Yeah, you know absolutely. that spotlight is then on the spotlight, and that's. I equated uh, to cricket very simply, like like Sat. I'm very cocky again definition, but Sachin was a shit captain, but hmm. he was a great player. The moment they took away the captaincy from him, he could go back to doing what he wanted to do. Hmm. I think everyone should evaluate themselves that way. That you might think that my image should lead me to this point, but. that's image that's perception that's people you have to be honest with yourself that okay this is what i can do this is what i can't do and if you try to do too much of what you can't do you end up getting frustrated and failing cool indra neel gaude to being more sachin with the bd <laughs> team and winning more and more business uh, it's been a pleasure talking through all of this stuff i think it was likewise good, fun conversation very on, much so. very on much what so. what people can take out of this so i hope people find it useful even i hope and i hope potential clients are also listening and they know that we're always going yeah no free. i'm actually i'm also interested in potential clients but also in like a lot of potential talent you know because i think we want the best people to Absolutely. join what we are doing here so that you know when you bring in the business is the best people who yeah, are yeah for sure that's why i said right now delivering the business we want to build i want to star yeah so we look at it from different perspectives and i think that's what helps like these kind of podcasts different like perspectives and yeah. you find what fits you yeah for sure no i mean i've got to uh, i've got to understand I've got the the opportunity to understand some more sides also so I think that from that standpoint it was good my pleasure good thank you thank you